0: Welcome back to The Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin Hale. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway. We're a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. We're working our way through 1 Peter. We're up to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 17-21. through 21. As I said yesterday, these verses in the original Greek are all one long sentence, but we're not going to make it through all of them in the short time that we have, so we're breaking this up. So this is part two of looking at 1 Peter one seventeen through 21. I'm going to read these verses, and then I'll offer a few comments after I pray. This is what Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 17. Who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Father, as we come once again to your word, would you even now strengthen me that I may speak clearly, that your people, that I, that all of us together might be comforted with the gospel of Jesus Christ? It is so rich. And it shines so much light on life and gives so much understanding. Would you by your Spirit strengthen us, we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Well, yesterday we looked at verse 17 and uh, began this understanding of the indicative imperative relationship by being reminded that if we call on Him as Father, then there's a certain way that we are to live. And we looked at and thought about the fact that it's if we call on Him as Father, that that that's where things begin. Today we're going to look at verses 18 and 19 and and see further this indicative relationship. I began yesterday by reminding us, or pointing out rather, that, that there's a lot of passivity on our part in this. There's all this passive language of what has happened to us. We, we begin to get into that in verse 18 and 19. I'm going to read just those two verses again. Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. So there's a lot of kind of uh, ancient background to what's going on here. The word for ransomed or or redeemed, the Greek word behind that, lutrao is the the verb in its lexical form, Uh, it's commonly used in the the redemption of slaves. And how the process would work is uh, a slave would pay his money uh, or her money to the local temple of whatever deity it is that uh, they thought controlled that region. They would pay their money into the temple treasury The temple would take a cut off the top and then pay the slave owner. And so the whole thing that was being set up was that because the money came to the slave owner from the deity, it was the deity who was purchasing this slave's freedom. But that slave was then thought of as no longer a slave to man, but as a slave to the deity who had purchased his freedom. So they had constructed this, this whole system of redemption that, that that kind of was this really just a show of somebody kind of giving credit to a deity who really had done nothing. Peter picks up on some of this language. It's also common language throughout the Old Testament of the redemption of the people of Israel. But, but he uses some of these ideas. But he uses them Correctly in the passive. In the, the first century context of, of slaves being free, they weren't passive at all. They had to come up with the money and it just looked like a passive ceremony. But in fact, what had happened was the slaves came up with the money to redeem themselves. They just didn't really get credit for it because the way it was set up, it had to all go through the temple so that this false god got credit for it. Peter sets up the redemption purchased for us by Christ against that background and gives this beautiful contrast showing that our redemption in Christ, that we actually are passive in it and that we actually have been purchased with something, we have been redeemed with something of inestimable value, of far greater value than gold and silver. And Peter sets this reality of our redemption up as part of the basis for our conducting ourselves in fear of God in the time of our exile. So notice what he says, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing this. So again, the the, the fact of our redemption, the fact that Christ has died for us, that should inform, that should animate our obedience. It's not the result of our obedience. It's the animating factor of our obedience that Jesus redeemed us by his blood. So thinking back to yesterday, conduct yourselves with fear in the time of your exile. How? Knowing this fact, that you were ransomed, you were purchased back, you were redeemed, you were bought out of the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers. In other words, because you now have this new identity, because you because God has caused you to be born again and, and with that new birth comes a new identity, your new identity is now found entirely in God, entirely in Jesus Christ the character that you were to follow is no longer that feudal character that you inherited from your earthly forefathers. You've got a new family. You've been adopted. You have a new father and, and his character is holy. So knowing that you were ransomed, that you were redeemed from that futility, From the futility of of, of trying to get along in this world based on how this world says it works when this world doesn't even actually get how it works. That's why it's futile. Knowing that you were ransomed from that. But then Peter adds this language that sets it in the context of, of these first century manumission ceremonies. Knowing that you were ransomed from that not with perishable things such as silver or gold. This wasn't something you did. You didn't earn your keep and pay it into the temple treasury. You actually were passive in this. This was something that was done for you, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. See, in the first century, it was just all a big show that the deities were redeeming people. They weren't. They were were mute idols, deaf idols, inanimate idols made out of things that we use to to make tools with. They, They were worthless, futile idols. They could redeem no one. But Jesus... God in the flesh fully God, fully man very God of very God stepped down from heaven to redeem his people by his blood this is no ceremony where the deity gets credit for something they didn't do Christ laid down his life for his people that we might be redeemed from the futile ways inherited from our forefathers, that we might be brought into the family of God, that we might be the true Israel, that we might call on him who judges impartially as father. He redeemed us by his blood and then Peter sets this all back in the Old Testament context. Like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Remember in the Old Testament, all their sacrifices had to be perfect. If they were going to be offered to God, they had to be perfect. No blemish, no spot. And, and here he, he, he throws it back to the, ex, the, the exodus. Back, back to the Passover. Where the lamb was, was slain, the blood was spread on the doors... And God passed over because his people had been redeemed. And he brought them out of slavery in Egypt. You see what Peter does here is he he sets this both in the context of the first century freedom and redemption of slaves and in the context of the Exodus where the people of God were redeemed. And then he says, by the way, all of that points to something greater. It points to something beyond itself. Even these pagan ceremonies point to something better than what they can even imagine. Because what they point to is not just the exchange of money. It's it's not us offering a lamb. It's the perfect lamb coming down from heaven the very son of god to offer himself for us see that's the motivation of conducting ourselves in fear that we have been loved by god even while we were sinners to the point that he sent his son to die for us that we might have life For while we were still sinners, at the right time, he died for us. God loves us while we were sinners. And gives his son to redeem us from our futility. We are gloriously passive in this process. And so we are gloriously and fully redeemed. Know that, dear Christian, and let that motivate your life in this world. Amen.